Welcome to Let's Talk, a podcast where we just talk about life's ups and downs, about the existential questions, and the small day-to-day stuff, pretty much anything. Join me, Sarah, and me, Amy, for a 30-minute conversation about whatever. Let's talk about what? About our birthrights. I am so excited to talk about this because when I thought of it, I thought, I don't know if this this topic is a little too meta (laughs) to to really make sense as a topic, but then you were all excited to do it. And so I am super excited that we're doing this one. I am too. And I didn't really know how to call this episode or this topic, Um, but I'm sure that as we go along, you'll pick it up. If any listeners have a better suggestion on how to title this, feel free to chime in, but we're going with birthright. Um, So it's funny because uh, when you brought this up, I got all excited because I had just been thinking about this too. And we were prompted by two entirely different sources. Um, But something made us both sort of be thinking about this concept of what we are, um, what our rights are, what we're just sort of entitled to for existing. Um, And I don't mean entitled in a way like we're all entitled to live in mansions and be so happy and, you know, um, that sort of thing. But just sort of what rights do we have strictly for existing? Um, The quote that I saw, it's actually old. It's from, um, gosh, I don't know, 2000, September of 2000, it looks like. Um, James Ellers, I guess, on Twitter, who actually I don't follow or know anything about him. So (laughs) I don't really have anything interesting to say about him. But I saw this quote somebody had shared on Facebook. And it said, the idea of having to earn a living implies that by default, you don't actually deserve to be alive. And I think it was meant to sort of be funny. I think the guy's like a comedian, but it really hit me. We do, we treat like, you know, you, you need to earn a living. You need to earn your way to these things. And um, certainly we need to earn, you know, if you want a mansion and a huge giant house, we're not all entitled to luxury necessarily, mm-hmm. but we are all entitled to, you know, live comfortably, or at least not uncomfortably, right? Um, and I just thought that was sort of an interesting thing, and it made me think about some other stuff too that I'm sure we'll talk about later in the podcast, but Sarah, did you want to talk a little bit about uh, your initial thoughts on this? Yeah, so it's so funny because we had been talking and you were like, oh, did you see that same quote that I did? We thought maybe we were both thinking in this vein because we both saw this same post, but I actually had a totally different experience of being on, uh, you know, a website um, and I don't even remember, you know, I'd been looking around at a lot of stuff that day, so I don't even remember what site I was on, but just on the front page, one of the things that you know, the first things that it said was, um, you know, something along the lines of remember that it is your birthright to be whole and happy and at peace or something along those lines. And um, it just, it really jumped out at me just as it did at you, this concept that, um, again, just this, this idea of, of these human rights that we inherently have as human beings who come into the world with certain rights. And, um, and I think, I think, 
part of the reason maybe that I struggled to sort of remember that um, and embrace that and, and maybe is the same reason sometimes other people um, have a hard time with that as well, is that we don't necessarily all have these things that we're entitled to. You know, I mean, you know, happiness is maybe sort of an easy one to go to. I mean, that's in, in the constitution, <laughs> the pursuit of happiness is the inherent right of all human beings. Um, you know, it's a very basic one to think about that, you know, if you're a person, you do have the right to be happy, but not everyone is. A lot of people aren't. And so it can start to feel kind of greedy and selfish. And, you know, it can, it can start to feel like, oh, I just, I think that I'm so special and I'm just entitled to, to so much more than everybody else, because I think that I have the right to be happy. Um, and so I guess, you know, as, as I was kind of thinking about why do I not embrace, you know, these very basic things as a birthright. And I think that because they can be hard to come by and because a lot of people don't possess them, we kind of stop thinking about them in that way. Um, and it just, yeah, if you think, well, I deserve to be happy, you know, I, I think there's a lot of voices in our head that sort of start shutting that idea down and well, what makes you so special that you get to be happy when so many people aren't? However, if you kind of flip the script and look at anyone else around you and think, well, do I think that they're not deserving of happiness just because not everyone in the world is happy? Do I begrudge, you know, the people around me, my loved ones, you know, do I begrudge them their happiness and think they don't deserve to be happy just because, you know, maybe I'm not in that moment or something. And, you know, sometimes maybe we do feel that way, but really at the end of the day, there are certain rights that, you know, if you can come by it, it is yours to have, you know, it's, it can be hard to come by these things, peace, happiness, um, you know, a, a a comfortable living where you're not struggling. Sometimes these things are actually not easy yeah. to attain, but if you can, you know, that's, that's great. You are entitled to that and you're entitled to pursue those things. Um, it, it really is your birthright. It's the birthright of each and every one of us. Um, and so, yeah, I'm excited to kind of dive into what some of these, um, I guess what I perceive to be you know, these basic birthrights are, and I'm sure that you'll have some, and I don't know that there's an authoritative list per se, but, <laughs> but we can kind of talk about the, the things that we perceive. Um, and I think, you know, just kind of be a really great reminder to ourselves and to our listeners of the fact that, hey, you know what, we all deserve these things, you included, us included. Yes. So I think this is going to be a fun conversation because, and we haven't discussed this prior to the episode either. So no. um, <laughs> this could go a lot of fun directions. Um, but I think what's going to be really interesting about this is I love how you're looking at this on this like really personal level of what direction do I want to take in my life with this, which is where I normally look at it from. But uh, I've been taking an ethics class lately and sort of forced out of that mindset where I'm much more comfortable and into like this bigger picture humanity as a whole what are our rights what is um you know what is happiness what do we deserve that sort of thing um so that's been really interesting because it sometimes um 
it sometimes supports what I've thought about what our rights are and it sometimes contradicts it, but it's definitely given me um, a clearer perspective on what I think that those are. So I think this is gonna be a really interesting discussion. Um, so I don't, I don't know um, how, you know, how meta we want to go with this. I guess we'll rein it in if it gets too far. Uh, but I guess like happiness, when you say we use that for an example, everyone has this right to happiness. What exactly do you think that means? I mean, do we have a right to be happy? Is it other people's obligations to do things that make us happy? Or are, do we have a right um, to, to be happy like within our own selves, right? Happiness is not from other people. We find it within ourselves. Do we have a right to an environment that makes us happy? Other people aren't infringing on it or do other people have an obligation to make us happy? Um, what if our happiness is like trampling on other people's happiness? Um, I guess like well, that would be my question for what you're thinking about this. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's a really good question because happiness is such a... Um, just generic term. <laughs> and I mean, there's, there's a lot of different conversations to be had just about happiness. We could probably do a whole podcast just on <laughs> happiness, quite frankly, because, and I think we've even touched in, in previous podcasts on the fact that there's sort of yeah. the emotional state of happiness, which is fleeting. And then there's the sort of broader state of, of, you know, general satisfaction with your life and things like that. Um, and I think that certainly people will use their own happiness as an excuse to hurt other people. I mean, maybe not to hurt other people, but as an excuse to um, infringe on other people, in, infringe on other people. Yeah. I mean, and maybe hurt them, but, um, but yeah, I mean, people will do things that are, you know, sometimes unkind, unfair, um, you know, that, that really are not a service to the people around them and say, well, you know, I just, I'm, I'm looking out for my own happiness <laughs> and, yeah. and, you know, that's, um, you know, it's interesting because in, in some ways it is a person's inherent right to make their own choices, um, you know, even when it's not to the benefit of the people around them. I mean, I guess in, in Western culture, I would say maybe that's not really <laughs> considered an inherent right uh, in, in a lot of other cultures. But I guess when we're talking about um, America and Western culture, people have the right to make choices that, you know, are not always to the benefit of the people around them and are only to their own benefit. Um, you know, whether or not that's the right thing to do is a different conversation sometimes, <laughs> um, you know, but sometimes it can be. So it's, um, I'm not, I'm not even answering your question. I'm just going around in circles, but no, I, you're good. I just wanted to get your feedback on it because that's sort of been something that's been sitting with me as I, have been reflecting on that quote um, because like you, I go immediately to that personal, we're all, you know, we all deserve to live um, and to live in a way that makes us comfortable and happy and fulfilled. Um, but what does that mean exactly? So it's just nice to get your feedback on it, but we can definitely take it back down to a, <laughs> a more day. Well, I guess I'll try to like, yeah, make, make some sort of definition of happiness for the sake of, of, clarity. <laughs> um, but, you know, I guess like, 
I think of sort of not miserable, maybe (laughs) the definition that I'm going for. If you're living a life that is really, truly making you miserable, you're maybe, you know, living a lie because you don't feel as though um, who you really are is going to be accepted. And so you're just living every day, sort of feeling like you're living in someone else's skin, Um, you know, that sort of thing, or you're, you're, you know, maybe living with a a partner who is just horrible to you and they just treat you very, very badly. And they just make you really depressed and just hate your life or something. Um, You know, I, I would say, those are the kind of scenarios where I would apply this idea of you deserve to be happy. You deserve to be not miserable. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Because I think it's easy to sort of take it too far and say, you know, you deserve to be happy, meaning I deserve to live in a 5,000 square foot house with a pool and uh, you know, six cars or, you know, I don't Mm -hmm. know what I would do with six cars, but yeah. (laughs) Some people Um, have that many. (laughs) Unlimited takeout would be better. Um, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, I agree with you on a life that's not causing any kind of like pain or fear or, um, you know, anything like that. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. Well, your turn. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I feel like I've been talking this whole time trying to, <laughs> to wrap my head around the idea of happiness. Um, no, that's okay. I just, it was... Um, as I was thinking about it, that was really where I've been sort of circling around for the last week or so. Um, That's been my question that really arose from it. So yeah, no, that makes total sense. And it's funny because you're kind of taking this class. So it's kind of putting you into that space. And (laughs) for me with um, my work with Droplet and kind of, you know, understanding the ethics of the social media space and and the tech space and all of that, um, you know, some of the things that came to my mind that are a part of this conversation for me are things like our privacy, because privacy is an inherent birthright, um, you know, in my opinion, um, that, you know, is really being infringed upon when we kind of get into the tech world and there's, you know, kind of a lack of rules and regulations and standards in that world that are, you know, our privacy is very infringed upon. Um, And so that's sort of one of the ones, as well as what's kind of referred to as autonomy. It's hard to nail down exactly, but sort of our, our right to make our own decisions, our, our rights to, to be in charge of the choices that we make. And again, it kind of comes into conversation in the um, ethical tech realm because of how many manipulations are at play. Um, You know, there, there's, everything is a manipulation, right? Everything (laughs) you experience, um, you know, has some sort of bias that's trying to lead you in one direction or another, whether that's just a conversation with another person, whether that's, you know, you walk into a physical store and the way that they've arranged the products, um, you know, but of course, once we get into the tech world, again, everything's on a different level because of just the saturation and because of, um, you know, the lack of regulations and all these things. And so, you know, the way that we are sort of manipulated and led and sometimes our choices are um, infringed upon in a way that we're not even aware of. And so, you know, for me, kind of the (laughs) the work that I'm doing, I'm really thinking about things like, um, you know, privacy and autonomy as these birthrights that we have the right to make our own 
choices and we have the right to privacy and things. So, so those are actually some of the kind of, yeah, specific ones <laughs> for me. I like that though. And I think, I think it's great because it is a really big picture. Um, we do have, we have a lot of rights just for existing. Like none of us asked to be here. Um, <laughs> we were all sort of thrust into existence, you know, against our will, really. Um, <laughs> someone else made that decision for us. And then we sort of go through life with our rights, you know, being taken away or minimized. Um, and I think it's important to be aware of what they are, the big picture ones, the small picture ones, and sort of reclaim those and we can't do anything until we have an awareness of them uh and i think it's really important and obviously there's been some big ones um you know juneteenth as we're recording this i know by the time that you hear it this will be older news but you know i mean juneteenth was just signed into federal law as a, it's a national holiday now that's recognized and it's actually today so it is. today it is. is that holiday <laughs> It won't be today when you hear this, but it's today as we're recording. Um, you know, and that's a right that uh, you know, had to be fought for and earned and now is being celebrated. Um, women's rights, obviously we've made a lot of gains there. Um, you know, and it's, it's important that we recognize these and we think about them. And there are some small ones that we can take back in our own lives. There are bigger ones that we can sort of, you know, not collate with people, but what word am I looking for here, Sarah? Is that, the, is that applicable here? <laughs> I, you know what? I'm blanking. I, I oh, think no. so. I think so. <laughs> I haven't had enough coffee yet this morning. I'm so worried about it. Um, we usually don't do these in the morning. We usually do them yeah, in the <laughs> later in the afternoon. Um, but at any rate, um, you know, we, we can band together with people to help defend our rights. Um, and, you know, I think that that's important to sort of think about what all those are. Um, across the board, the big ones, the small ones, and to help advocate for people whose rights are not being respected. Uh, we're in a position, you know, as white Americans, we're automatically in a position to help defend rights of a lot of people who um, are, are not uh, being respected as much as we are. So I think those are all important um, to keep in mind. Yeah, well, and I mean, I love that you're kind of touching on, like, I had freedom listed, which I think is very much in line with what you're saying, Juneteenth and, um, and things. And I think that, like, you know, as you're saying that it's important to think about, you know, the smaller scale personal ones in our own lives, the larger scale ones that we can help other people with. And I guess that a kind of a, a good, um, you know, litmus test maybe for, whether or not something sort of fits as a birthright is to think about, is the world better off for people having this right, for me and others having this right? Um, so again, you know, if you're, if you're thinking, is, is the world better off if we all have mansions and cars and endless supplies of money, we can actually definitively say, no, the world would not be better off if everybody had that much material possession because that would actually begin to have a really negative impact on the world. Um, so, you know, we can kind of scratch that off the list as an inherent birthright. Um, you know, but things like 
like freedom. Like, you know, I mean, if we're going to go really extreme and think of Juneteenth and, and think of slavery, like is the world better off when no one is treated as subhuman and when every human being has, you know, rights over their own life and is not, you know, enslaved or, you know, that or, you know, there's other smaller scale ways that we can lose our freedom. But, you know, when, when people have a certain level of freedom and autonomy and um, ownership over their own life, you know, is the world a better place for that? And we can kind of look at that and, and say, well, yes, you know, then, then everyone kind of has the opportunity to, um, you know, strive to make their life the best it can be. And then the world benefits when, when people are doing that, when people are trying to, you know, better their own situation and learn and grow, you know, that, that helps the world at large. Um, and so I, I think that it can help us to, again, feel less selfish sometimes when we're pursuing these things for ourselves, um, as well as have more empathy and recognition of where, you know, other people don't have this birthright that they deserve. And so, um, you know, some of these smaller scale ones like happiness, um, you know, or, or peace, peace can be small scale or it can be large scale. You know, it can be, we can be just talking about inner peace, um, with ourselves. We can be talking about, um, you know, war, we can be talking about the whole range of things, but we kind of can clearly look at that and understand that when a person, when an individual is at peace with themselves and they, they're not struggling with, you know, so much inner turmoil and self-hatred and, um, you know, just all this internal conflict, they are obviously better off themselves for having inner peace. And they are also better for those around them. Um, you know, it's, it's much better and more beneficial to be around people who have inner peace than people who are, you know, really torn up with a lot of inner conflict and turmoil. Um, and so, you know, it, when we kind of think about that is, is peace better <laughs> for the world than conflict and turmoil, then, you know, I think that that can really help us own that and say, okay, well then I deserve to be at peace myself and the things that are causing me turmoil and conflict in my life. It is my right to take the time, the energy, you know, whatever resources I need to deal with that and come to a better place of of more peace, um, you know, you can kind of own that, that, you know what, that's my right. And you can recognize where you can help others with that because it's the right of, of those yeah. around you as well. Um, now, obviously, you know, you may not be at peace because you've done something really rotten that you feel <laughs> torn up about, um, you know, and so then it's not just like, well, I deserve to be at peace. I shouldn't be feeling guilty about this. It's like, well, you, you need to, you know, do what you need to do in that situation, make amends, you know, try to make things right. If you can, um, you know, you, you're not at peace because you have something that needs to be dealt with. <laughs> um, but, but again, it's, it's something that you should do if you're not at peace about something, um, you know, recognize that peace would be the appropriate state to, to be in for, for a person. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's a good thing to do to yeah. seek out, you know, again, happiness as defined by not miserable. <laughs> if you're miserable, the, not only you personally, but the world at large will be better 
off, you know, if you are, are more in this sort of balanced state of being, of being happy, of being at peace. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I think that it's, it's so valuable to recognize kind of what meets that, that litmus test of what is kind of an inherent right. And then to really own it. Yeah. Um, sorry, if you're hearing some sound in the background there, the I'm in the, my kid's room right now. It's the coolest room in the house with the air conditioning on in here. The bunnies think it's their inherent right to be happy by playing in the Lego box. So <laughs> Legos are an inherent right of all, including I think bunnies. the Legos are an inherent right to happiness. Um, <laughs> I can't argue with that. Um, <laughs> so I like what you were talking about, like happiness and peace being inherent rights. I think one of the... Um, cool things about COVID that we're coming away with is sort of this work-life balance. Um, it was interesting. I wondered how it was going to turn out when we all started like working from home. Um, I know this happened in your household, happened in my household. And I really was curious to see is my work-life balance going to get better or worse because of this. I try very, very hard to separate out uh, I don't have my work emails come home. They don't come to me at home unless I bring my work computer home. They don't come to my phone or nothing. Sometimes that's a problem, but <laughs> uh, every once in a while, it's like 6 a.m. And I'm like, oh, I need this phone number for somebody and it's in my office. But uh, all of a sudden, everyone was working from home. And I wondered if that was going to start encroaching on my peace and on my happiness. Um and I, I wondered if at large what that was going to do as well. Are we going to now be expected to sort of be on call, you know, our work selves all the time? Um, but what I actually think is really interesting, it seems like society as a whole um, is starting to stand up a little bit more and go, you know, I want to wear more comfortable clothes to the office. I've been working from home in sweatpants and I just, I want to dress a little bit more casually at work, maybe not sweatpants, but um, <laughs> it was still professional, but a little bit more comfortably at work. I deserve to be comfortable while I'm at work. Or, you know, there are things that I can do from home in a shorter amount of time from the comfort of home, a little bit on my terms instead of a normal work day. And I want to take advantage of that. And it's been really neat to see employees feeling that way and companies um, allowing it and enabling it. And I think that that's a really neat way to sort of take back our, um, our right to having that happiness and peace. And I think that there is sort of an expectation to, you know, a birthright for our country, if you will, I guess, that we're gonna live here, uh, we're gonna work, we're gonna contribute to society in some way, even if each one of us aren't working at a, you know, a job with a W-2. Um, you know, households, um, family units, however you're going to define here, so, you know, someone is contributing and earning money. You know, I think that that's sort of a right as well for our country that we're all not just, you know, like living like this ultimate socialist lifestyle, I guess. Um, <laughs> but I do think that it's nice to be able to kind of pull back a little bit, regain some of that work-life balance that really has been more and more encroached upon. Um, it seems like people are working more and getting paid less. And 
the expectations are becoming that you will have your email come to your home or we can call you after hours or you have to come in and work an extra shift or, you know, um, and so it's been actually really nice side effect, not for everybody, I'm sure, but it seems like society as a whole has regained a little bit of that right, which has been cool to see. Well, yeah, because I think that, you know, earning a living wage to live comfortably. And again, I mean, I, I know we're looking at this through a very, very Western lens and that, you know, if we compare America, even the poor in America to other parts of the world, um, the conversation shifts a lot. Um, but again, we're, we're trying not to get too meta here. And so <laughs> since our listenership, you know, probably falls more within the demographic of people living, um, you know, well, a comfortably enough life that you have access to podcasts and the opportunity to use your free time listening to us talk. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> exactly. That's the demographic. That you're, yeah, you're sort of within the the demographic we're talking about. Yeah, so there's certainly a larger conversation to be had here. Um, however, again, sort of going back to this idea of like, just because not everyone has something doesn't necessarily mean, well, it's not your right, you know, at all um, to, you know, to to live comfortably since not everyone in the world lives comfortably. So, you know, we're, we'll kind of set the bar for this conversation at, you know, people have the right to kind of, you know, uh, if they're, if you're working to be earning enough money at that job that you know that you can pay your bills, um, you know, buy food, pay, pay rent or mortgage, you know, on your home, that sort of thing. Um, but, you know, like you say, the expectation was skewing more and more. Well, I was so interested to learn, and I, I don't remember where I read this, but about this idea that the eight hour workday actually was based on the concept of eight, eight, eight. So eight hours of work, eight hours of sleep, eight hours of leisure time. Um, so it, there's this idea of balance there. But of course, it's not really an eight hour work day. It's, you know, you, you have an unpaid lunch in there and you have commute time and it's really, you know, maybe a 10 hour work day once you sort of factor in what time you leave in the morning and what time you get home in the evening. And then it's not really eight hours of leisure because your non-working, non-sleeping time is used for appointments is used for, um, you know, grocery shopping is used for, you know, all of these other, you know, work that you don't get paid for that you have to fit in somewhere. Um, and so, you know, the idea of this eight hour workday creating balance is increasingly, it was never fully there, of course, but it's, you know, increasingly lost. Um, but again, I think that, you know, it, looking through the lens of Western America um, and where we're at and what we're striving for, I think that it is a birthright to be able to have that balance if you can. Um, you know, if you're in, if you're in a position in a situation where you're in a place where you, that balance can be achievable, I think that it is a right to, to find that balance. Um, and so, you know, the idea that you can be successful in life, and when I mean successful, I, I mean, you know, again, living, living comfortably where you, you can buy food, you can afford a roof over your head, um, you know, that you can have that kind of success while also being able to have 
the personal success of having time for your family, of having time for, um, you know, what you need to feel successful on a personal level and not just a professional level. Um, and to be able to have that balance and achieve that success, you know, I think, you know, it's definitely something that, that you should feel like you can really pursue and you have the right to pursue. Um, And so, like you say, it's cool to see people starting to push back a little and demand that a little bit more. Yeah. Well, did you have any more um, items that you wanted to talk about? Um, You know, I think the last thing that I kind of was thinking about was that, um, you know, sometimes the fact that we're imperfect people make us feel as though we don't deserve these things. You know, we yeah. think, well, you know, I, you know, this, that, the other, you know, I don't know, just whatever kind of imperfections you have sometimes make you feel like, well, I don't deserve to be happy. I don't deserve, um, you know, I guess I was thinking of like self-acceptance as one, we deserve to, you know, feel accepting and loving of who we are. And, you know, a lot of times we might look at all of our shortcomings and think, well, I shouldn't, shouldn't be accepting of myself because I'm, you know, I'm not that great. Um, but again, you will be better off. Those around you will be better off if you, if you own your right to love yourself and accept yourself, if you own your right to, um, you know, feel whole, to have good relationships, um, to, to be happy, to be at peace, to have success. Um, all these things that if you look around you, you would want for the people around you. And if you, you look at others and you go, well, yeah, I mean, of course they, you know, they deserve to be, you know, all of these things, you deserve those same things. And so I think that, um, you know, we just, it's important to really own them and embrace them and, and again, recognize them for others and help others achieve them as well. Um, you know, I think if we all really embrace these birthrights um, and really strive towards them for ourselves and for others, it's it will make the world a better place. So don't, don't be afraid to step up and own and embrace your birthrights. And so that would be my last thought. <laughs> That's a great thought to end on. Well, should we move into highs and lows? Let's move into highs and lows. Do you want to go first or second? Um, I can go first. Okay. So my low this week, um, I said earlier, I've really been enjoying this uh, morals and ethics class that I've been taking. I'm also taking a computer and tech class, which I'm not enjoying. Uh, <laughs> it's really, I really am as bad at technology as I say I am. I'm not like exaggerating for like drama's sake. I really am this bad at it. And I spent... Uh, it's been a it's been a hard week to do all my homework. The kids have been out of school. I haven't been in the office, and I'm trying to do my homework from home this week. You know, for the first week instead of staying at the office late and doing it there, and it's been hard to transition to that. And so, <laughs> I uh, had set apart some time the other night to get some computer homework done that I needed to do, and I spent a full hour just trying to find. The document to download to do the homework. So by the time that I finally found it, I had to reach out on the help board, um, <laughs> like texting people, you know, <laughs> do I go wake my kids up to help me, you know. Um, by the time I finally found it, it was in the most obvious place, you know, I look like an idiot. It was right where they said it was going to be. And it's 10 o'clock at night, and I haven't even started the homework, and then it took me like an hour and 45 minutes 
to do this one section of it that probably should take me like 15 to 20 minutes. Uh, <laughs> so that was my low. I came away from it feeling very, very frustrated, um, a little bit embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have been happy. I've been learning a lot, but it is definitely, um, this class has pushed me to do a lot of things that I don't know how to do more than a lot. I can't remember the last thing I undertook that was this difficult. So <laughs> that's been frustrating. Um, my high though, the kids were out of school. I took the week off from work and we went to the Calvin Coolidge homestead in Vermont. Um, it was our 30th president. We learned all kinds of really neat stuff. Um, it was really, really fun. My kids are super into history and I'm really into politics. So <laughs> it, a lot of it was outside and the weather was beautiful. So it really was just um, something everybody was enjoying. So we learned some awesome stuff. We saw some really cool stuff. Um, you know, we saw where he was, you know, took the oath of office in this old farmhouse and um, it was just really, really neat. We had a blast. We had such a good time. And it was, uh, it was fun to go there. It was fun spending the time with my kids. It was neat that it was an educational experience we all learned from. Um, so that was definitely my high this week. Oh, that sounds so fun. Now I want to go. You made it sound so exciting. <laughs> it's it's very very fun um, and they have some delicious cheese there they use the same original recipe that the coolidge family used um it's obviously not old 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 cheese it's not <laughs> really <laughs> blue cheese <laughs> um and it was really good the kids really liked that too um so yeah it was really really neat you'll have to come next time you come to visit well now that you've said there's cheese there it's like definitely on the list because... yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I want to try some Coolidge cheese. <laughs> I had some for breakfast this morning, actually. Oh, I? <laughs> bought some and brought it home. I had it for breakfast. Is that silly? Uh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> so how about you? Highs and lows for the week. All right. So my low would be just kind of general anxiety that I've been feeling lately. You know, sometimes it just creeps up on me. And I feel like, you know, I, I really developed tools and coping mechanisms to really lower my anxiety a lot, um, you know, several years back, but sometimes life just gets <laughs> overwhelming. And, and I guess, you know, at times like these, it's, it's a frustrating feeling because it's not as though you know, suddenly something happened to make it more anxiety inducing, but the anxiety has just sort of crept in and, mm. you know, just feeling kind of that feeling of overwhelm and like, you know, oh gosh, like I just, I don't even know how to tackle things. Um, yeah. you know, just, just that feeling of anxiety that sometimes creeps in. Um, so that's been hovering there a little bit lately. Oh. And so that's been kind of a, general low, but, um, you know, sometimes anxiety can give us a little bit of like anxious energy to, <laughs> to push through things. I hope that's not your high. I hope that's not like, <laughs> high this week is that I have anxious energy making me push through things. <laughs> It is not. Okay, I don't good. think. I don't think this week has possessed a great deal of anxious energy. More just 
<laughs> more just the anxiety that I, you know, I, I, yeah, I'm just, you know, coping with. But one of the things that I have been doing to kind of just be a little moment of centeredness and peace, um, just for me, is I have been getting into tarot a little bit. Um, I have had a deck for years that was given to me, um, and it just was one of those things that just kind of sat there. Um, but, you know, I know that. I know that people have different things that they use them for. And for some people, it's really spiritual and kind of psychic and things like that. But for me, it was more the idea of using it as a tool for self-reflection. You can use them in a very sort of psychological um, way that doesn't really have to do with you know, anything psychic or anything. So that was really more where I just thought, you know, maybe this could be a little something that I could use to just center myself for a minute um, at the end of the day, kind of just like a calming little ritual to start where I'm just, and really a lot of the time I'm just spending sort of shuffling the cards, just sort of going through these, this calming motion of um, shuffling the cards. And then, um, you know, just when you pull the card, just kind of thinking about how it relates to you maybe in your life in this moment and what you're going through and things. And so, um, you know, it was just kind of, I didn't really get into like, well, I'm going to learn all the stuff and all the spreads and all the, you know, I'm sort of slowly doing that, but it's been more about just sort of creating that ritual and having this little moment of reflection. Um, and that has been really, really fun. And I've been enjoying it a whole lot. Um, and so I, you know, I have been learning a little bit more as I go about, you know, sort of the, the meanings of the cards and things. And so that's actually been enjoyable too, just watching the little videos. Like I found some really fun ones on YouTube and stuff that again, are just sort of calming and nice and interesting. Um, and it's just been, you know, in this time where I've been feeling a little bit more anxiety, it's been this really just calming, nice little, uh, you know, moment of, of reflection and calm that, I've been enjoying. So I would say that's been a high for me. <laughs> oh, yay. I love that. I love that. We'll have to have an episode where we talk about that as well, because um, we would have so much cool stuff to talk about. <laughs> yes, <laughs> for sure. We'll do that sometime. Well, another day. <laughs> yes. For now, we will sign off, but we want to thank you for joining us and we hope that you will be with us again next time. Bye. <laughs> Bye. World. World.